Hello, and welcome to Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti. A weekly radio show featuring conversations with successful women who have shown bravery, integrity, and independent thinking to lead a truly rich and rewarding life. Produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. And now, here's your host of Life on Purpose, Deb Coletti. Hi there, I am Deb Coletti, and I will be your host each week on Life on Purpose. And we'll be talking to fascinating women that I've known and worked with and uh, that have struck me as just very special in having chosen their life uh, very purposefully and uh, and shown independent thinking. I will have a guest with me today uh, whose name is Norma McRody. It's a mouthful. <laughs> and uh, she is somebody that I have admired for years. She's an entrepreneur. She is a self-made single mom. Uh, she now lives in New York, was raised in New York uh, back when, and has come full circle. Uh, she moved to California. You're going to hear her journey and the quick uh, summary of it is that she, she kind of jumped and bounced and went along in her career and uh, geographically to follow what she needed and wanted at the time or what life delivered her. She paid attention. She had to make tough choices. Um, she be, she started as a school teacher. Uh, she was plucked out of that job um, by a very an opportune moment where a dad who was at a teacher conference, she'll tell the story, um, said, you're really good at what you do. How would you like to run meetings for my company? She's like, really? Really? Okay. Uh, let me think about this. And she did. And that was the beginning of a whole new burgeoning career where she then moved to California and raised her daughter. Um, and after many years of a successful event planning business, uh, then moved to Boston and not working for a corporation anymore, became an entrepreneur and started her own business uh, in Boston and then found her way back to New York City, again by um, choice and by wanting to change things up. Uh, Career-wise, uh, the recession hit. She had said, okay, now what? Uh, business planning and meetings and events are not... The, what people can afford to do in corporate life anymore. So she's an entrepreneur as well as her meeting planning business. Uh, she has an online um, uh, Norma Knows New York City, which is a wonderful business that she's created out of, you know, pulled it out of her butt <laughs> um, and is a very, it's a, a startup business and a couple other things that she's doing. Um, it's, it's, she's a great example of what it is to be open to situations and to do things that she needed and wanted. I did that in my own career. First decade of my life, I was in advertising. That seemed like the right thing to do. I was in San Francisco, and I um, uh, had great opportunity to uh, work in a uh, sales promotion business, and then I got uh, found my way into a multinational advertising agency and worked my way up the ladder to uh, be a, an account executive and account supervisor, and that was fun and great for and great learning for a decade. Went on then to I was having babies, so what did I do? I got in the baby business. <laughs> I started, I became a labor coach, and I uh, started an exercise business because I needed to stay fit. And so did the women I was that were pregnant around me. So in the Bay Area, I had an exercise business, again, an example of 
what did I need and want? Uh, and apparently other people did too. And then changed it up again when my kids were older. I had a great opportunity to go to London. And so I went to London and became a full-time mom. What was that like? Ikes. Um, but a choice I made, and uh, not easily, uh, but it was the right one for our family and for me at the time. And uh, I can go on and on, but Norma is a great example uh, w of what I'm passionate about, and that's leading a life on purpose and a truly rich life and finding ways to reinvent yourself every year, every decade, and change it up. And when things get too cushy and comfortable, look at those edges and go, yeah, what's missing in my life? And maybe even move and take those big, uh, not at 22 after college either, in late 40s, mid 50s, change it up. Um, so we're going to have a great conversation. You will hear Norma. We will laugh. We will get serious. She has some great stories about some different uh, what funny things that have happened in her career. And we want you to join the conversation. We're going to take your calls and your comments and anything you'd like to add at the end of this hour. You can either call in to 646-652-2071, or you can chat in if you'd rather just type in your questions. It can go into the website, which is www.hearwomentalk.com, and we will collect all of your thoughts and comments or have your calls come in at the end of the hour, and we'll have a conversation about everything we've just talked about with Norma and Deb. So... Uh, pay attention, have fun. Um, here, I will introduce you to Norma McCrody after the break. You're listening to Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti. We'll be right back after these messages. To life on purpose. Once again, here's your host, Deb Coletti. Hi, everyone. I am Deb Coletti, and we are here on purpose. Life on purpose is the name of the show. Today with me is Norma McRody. How many times do you have to spell that, Norma? Not as many times as Coletti, I imagine. Uh, about the same. <laughs> and uh, she is a wonderful friend and somebody I've admired for many years for her independent thinking and entrepreneurial ways. Uh, welcome, Norma. So glad to have you here with me today. Oh, thank you, Deb. I'm glad to be here. Why don't you tell me a little bit about and also a little bit about your background and what you are doing right now? Uh, let's see. My background's been a little bit um, multifaceted. Yeah. <laughs> I started out as a teacher. Uh, from there, took those skill sets uh, and became a meeting planner. And people always would say, uh, "How are they similar?" I, Oh, I, and I would come back with, uh, as a teacher, you needed to be detailed and organized and creative. Um, and the same uh, held true when I uh, uh, changed professions uh, and started my company of Meeting Management Associates about 14 years ago. Really? Little kids or big kids in school? Uh, little kids for five of the years and had a high, uh, taught high school English for one and realized that my forte was really with the small ones. Mm -hmm. Probably a natural progression to those old CEOs and people in meetings. <laughs> exactly. And big also, babies. Mm -hmm, and yep. also learning how to corral people. Once I had to corral little children, when I had to... Uh, uh, bring the uh, 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 big guns in for a meeting and get them to sit around a table and uh, uh, elicit their feedback. It was uh, just sort of a, an easy transition. Yeah, conflict resolution and all of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, and what was the big change there for you from teaching to uh, 
to meeting management. I call it event planning, too, in your Correct. case. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Well, besides the uh, pay increase, which was nice, <laughs> uh, in everything in life, there's a positive negative. I, uh, you know, I, I, of course, lost working uh, nine months of the year. This was a full-time job, but it mm. uh, gave me the experience to travel the world. Uh, to uh, let the creative juices flow as far as uh, working on incentive programs, which is what I, we like to do the most. And uh, up until the recession hit, um, uh, it was quite, an, quite a lucrative uh, business. When you look back at that transition, was there a, a moment that you said, this is it, this isn't satisfying for me? What was the change there? Did you get bored with what you were doing? And no, I think a lot of times, you know, when life gives you lemons, you you turn them into <laughs> lemonade. So when I realized that our programs were no longer going to be in existent existence, I thought I had to reinvent myself, and we all did as a team. So we sat down and started thinking what we could do to not only uh, make money, but that would be. Uh, something that we all had a passion about because passion's always been the thread in anything that I've ever personally done. Uh, we are in the um, process of hopefully selling to uh, to Barnes and Noble. It's a Yay. guide. Uh-huh. It's a, a survival guide for baby boomers. <laughs> and being a baby boomer and wanting to know how to really help um, other boomers navigate their day uh, spiritual, spiritually, intellectually, um, in financially, uh, we put together a guide uh, for them, and we're presenting it to Barnes and Noble. Wow! And both of these things have come out of things that you need and want, and are curious about, and have become very viable businesses. It sounds like, and if you like them, ten people like them, a hundred people like them, and they will come. Exactly. I was thinking, Deb, the other day that <clears throat> one of my um, role models is always was always my father, mm-hmm. and my father said to me uh, before he passed on. He said, "Norma, always do something that you do naturally, and take your natural skills and turn those into a business." And that's what I really tried how how to guide myself is by taking things that I've done, even with meeting planning. I always did events when I was in high school. I always organized everything uh, for all my friends. You were so, the cruise director. Exactly. <laughs> on yeah, the I've actually, ship. I've yeah. actually thought about that. Yeah. might be a little seasick. But, right. <laughs> um, so uh, it's, it's... Metaphorically, you were the cruise director in the family. Exactly. In the, at the camp. That's great. Well, cool. And it's uh, served you. And you have a ton of friends. And I expect, I suspect that's uh, part of how you live your life in a truly rich way. And keeping great people around you. And I always look at the whole as only as great as the parts. Yep. And uh, the parts of, of my life have always been amazing in the friends that I have. Um, my parents had me later in life. I'm an only child. And it could have gone one way or the other, I think, as far as um, learning to um, love other people and, and not be a selfish human being. And um, friends have been the, the, the actually, I think, the... Um, the base of, uh, of, of my character. Uh, have also, I have an only child who is, is the same, has the same um, uh, characteristics as, as far as loving friends and treating friends as family and having her friends um, help to make her the person she is today as well. Well, it sounds like you learned to go as an only child. You could have gone either way as mm-hmm. we are talking about this very subject of, okay, live my life and all for me, la la la, or 
how do I share this? How do I learn to share as an only and with an only? It's a, you have to really be conscious of that on purpose. Um, so Norma, now your daughter is grown, as is mine, and you are moving on to uh, your further careers and other ideas. What is your biggest dream for, your, for yourself right now today? It's, I would say, almost threefold. One is, um, on the business side, I really want to be able to take my businesses to the next level. I, I'd like to have the financial success and security uh, where I don't have to worry about money um, and continue and end with that to continue to give back. I, I finally have uh, decided the uh, avenue I'm going to pursue for volunteering, and I can talk about that in a minute. Uh, and the other piece is I'd, I'd like to actually find my soulmate. You know, throughout the years, I've certainly had uh, wonderful relationships, maybe some that were not as great, but there have been uh, wonderful ones throughout my, uh, my lifetime. And now I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting my soulmate. And with that, I'd like to balance my life in the two worlds of New York and Italy. I would like to... Uh, spend maybe half the year in um, New York, which which fulfills my energy, and the other half in Italy, probably in a wonderful little Tuscan town um, that uh, has my passion and my soul. And I really think that right now it's time for me to balance um, the energy and the passion and, and, and divide my life between here um, and in Italy. Sounds wonderful and sounds very much where you're driving your business because mm-hmm. it's where you want to be, Correct. which is very much uh, conscious and in part of your living on design here. Um, and you've spent a lot of time, too, in Tuscany. I with have. Your meetings and so on and, and in the heritage. That's very exciting. And My family is from, uh, uh, my mom's side is from uh, a small little area outside of Torino. And I have really thought, you know, I haven't found the town yet, but I'm narrowing in as to where I'd like it to be. But I just know it has to be the contrast. Although I love Rome, I want to have something that that is um, the opposite of of New York. And I'd love to have an olive grove in my backyard and something that um, uh, my grandfather used to do, which I, I, I love and I want to be able to uh, to do in Italy. And it's called a passaggio. And after you sit for a few hours and you talk and you eat slowly and you enjoy what you're having, then uh, you you get up from the table and you take what is called a passaggio, where you walk arm in arm with your mother or your father or your friend or your daughter, and you just go slowly and you look to your left and to the, to your right. And you see something that you've never seen before, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a, a, a new bud on a, on a branch, uh, a, a new doorway of an old building. And you just take in what's around you that sometimes mm-hmm. we don't take the time to look at. Exactly. It sounds like an Italian meditation walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very beautiful, very present. You are a very strong and independent woman, and because you had to in some ways, but took the bull by the horns and uh, and chose a great life for yourself in New York City. That ain't easy, lady, as well you know. It's <laughs> not. It's not. And, and not affordable for everybody. It's a very tough uh, the way you do it, so it's uh, quite admirable. One more thing, which is 
which is where I'm going to uh, focus my energies in giving back. You know, we all give in different areas and different ways, but I would like to be able to work with women that have low self-esteem or perhaps um, have experienced um, um, a battered um, relationship. And I'd like to work with these women and give them the opportunity in talking to them and getting into their hearts and their souls to have them realize that they need to believe in themselves. I have done this in the past a little bit and I have had um, some positive effects on women. So I've decided that that's something I'd like to pursue and that's what I'd like to be remembered by. Wow, that's fantastic. And I know that that's something you've become very, been very passionate about in your life and talking about a lot more lately, which again speaks to the, it's not never enough for you just to make money, be a great mom, move to Italy, but you're digging deeper into something that really speaks to you and moves you. And it's, you're not done until you reach that part. and say more about what that is and, and why that particular issue speaks to you if you don't mind if you're comfortable no, I, I am I'm, I'm totally comfortable in doing that I was married to uh, a man that uh, was uh, verbally abusive and at the time I thought that it was something I needed to uh, accept and I learned over the years that um, I'm so thrilled that I was able to say that you uh, to him that he would not be a part of, of my life. And I think that you can teach best by experience. And sometimes, you know, through adversity, you grow that much more. So by having a relationship that was very difficult, um, I need to be able to help women nip that in the bud and see those characteristics um, initially and not just be attracted to somebody by how appearance, um, mm -hmm. how their appearance is, but to look inside of, of, uh, of what really makes that individual. And luckily, my daughter, although she uh, is certainly attracted to uh, the good-looking men, <laughs> she also um, uh, understands uh, what it is. Uh, that she's looking for um, in a relationship, and it's not really the appearance; it's the it's it's the uh, quality of the human being. So I think she knows now because, I, as I said before, I didn't I don't feel growing up you have to tell your child everything. She and I now have had lots of great conversations, and she knows what it is that she needs to look for uh, to have a really good relationship. Will you model that in in saying no? I'm not staying in a relationship that's that's not healthy and, Correct. and that was abusive in whatever form mm -hmm. and modeling that it's how to behave Correct. Um, which is pretty fantastic and and they do see that as much as they resist lots of things we say to them and teach them it's uh, it's playing out in her choices mm -hmm. today which is pretty great now oh, that's a wonderful um, uh, concept and and way to give back and I'm very passionate about that to our young women these days uh, settling and um, shrinking to fit, I call it, you know, settling for people that are really not their match. Mm -hmm. And because the biological clock is ticking or because time is running out and they're pressured because they're 30, please. Uh, there are ways to have babies nowadays till you're 50, I guess, you know, and beyond. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's really about keeping that bar high um, is something I'm very passionate about. And so I, I applaud you and your teaching of that. Thank you, Norma. We'll be back in a few minutes. My pleasure.
You're listening to Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Life on Purpose. Once again, here's your host, Deb Coletti. All right, we're back here now, and we're going to bring it up a little bit. We got into some good stuff, some juicy stuff, and uh, and uh, that's all great. And we're going to take it up here because we during the break we were talking about some funny topics about how Norma really had to make some tough choices where people are going, really, really, you're going to do what in her family? And tell me about that. Tell me about some tough choices you had to make not to stay and like, okay, I'll be in school. School teacher's great. That's fine. But what did your daddy say? <laughs> Well, let's see. Um, security. Hmm. That yeah. was always the thread in my family. Oh, and I, that. And I always pushed the envelope just a little bit. I'm a Sagittarian, so I always <laughs> would look at, hmm, I think I could do this and I can do that. I was uh, at a parent conference. Uh, father came in to uh, talk about his son, and he was looking at me very strangely, and I didn't know where this was going. And he said, I want, you are doing such a great job with, with my son that I'd like you to leave your uh, job as a teacher and come work at my company, uh, it's DC Heath, DC Heath Publishing, and go on the road, uh, handle our events. And I just remember looking at him thinking, this can't be. And he said, I know you can do this, and you will be able to teach other teachers around the world um, uh, the product that you're working with uh, my son on, and now you'll be the teacher for the wow. uh, educators as opposed to the children. So you were seen in that environment. You were mm-hmm. seen as something special and lifted up and out. So that's an interesting an aha moment happened to you. Big aha yeah. moment. So but I was you so paid excited. attention. I paid attention. Yeah. I thought, can I? do this oh my gosh so i remember going home and again here's the uh the entire italian family there (laughs) we're having the big dinner everybody's sitting around the table and we're talking and i said by the way um i had this great opportunity today and it was funny because the only person that i really had a hard time with growing up was my grandmother because she's very similar to me and she always would um challenge me well, my grandmother was the one that really thought this was a phenomenal idea. And my father said, how can you leave your security of a right. teacher? You're a teacher. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> and, but he again said, if this is what you want to do, of course, we'll be behind you. Um, so it was such an incredible experience of giving up the security, giving up what I knew really well. Jumping and off the cliff. Jumping off the cliff yeah. and flying on a plane yeah. alone and staying in the hotel wow. room that I talked about. With his dad, who you must have trusted had good intentions, because I could have gone either way, too hello absolutely um but entrusted that you had it what it took wow that's a great that transition goes, story there goes back to what you and i talked before with the with the children yeah that you give them the the um experiences you give them um the uh, uh the strong environment to grow up in and then you have to let them spread their wings and right. i remember looking at my dad going it's time i spread my right. wings so i did that moved out um this was after college obviously and uh um, got a uh, took the job, uh, left teaching, and the rest is history. And what was the moment when you said, "I can do this on my own"? 
<laughs> uh, it was when I uh, decided to move back to the East Coast. Ah, big move. Oh, let's, big yeah. move. Um, yeah. I'm not a California girl, and I've always been an East Coast girl. Was in California, because that's where I was um, married to Marissa's dad, and decided to move back. I Daughter in tow. Family mm-hmm. was back here. Mm-hmm. Good. Family back yep. here. Uh, talked to my mom. She said, fine, we'll do it. Uh, I brought my daughter out uh, to Boston, and she uh, enjoyed it. She was in eighth grade. She said, Mom, if I'm going to move, I have to do it now before high school. So I said, the only thing I need is a job. So at that point, um, you, I think when you put it out in the universe, it comes back to you. I received a call from a former president of a company that I uh, worked for, and he said he needed a meeting planner. Hmm. And I couldn't believe this after having the skill set and everything in, um, uh, with DC Heath. And he said, if you would come out, um, I'll be your first account. And I thought, well, there it is. Check in hand, contract. Uh, so that was to move. as an independent contractor as running independent. your first business. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, your own business working for doing meeting planning, not mm-hmm. for him in-house. That's amazing. And, and Which, I think with all the years behind of doing the events, and I worked for another company, it finally gave me the to- the, the opportunity to start, mm-hmm. um, and this was 1994. Right, and the platform then to fly on your own. Wow, well, there you go. And that's the, uh, the leap-off point. Cool. And do you remember... Uh, being, uh, were you frightened? Were you like, can this sustain itself after six months, after a year? Terrified. Yeah. Because I knew that this one client was not going to be enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I had enough for the down payment on the, I rented a home at the time uh, in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Mm. And uh, my mom said, we will have other clients, right? I said, absolutely. <laughs> And See, kind of, that. again, that positive energy that yeah. I talked about before, I just knew I would, and and the rest was history, in that from 1994, I'd say for 15 years, um, it just uh, was a booming business. That's amazing. And what I want to say about that is entrepreneurs, when you're doing that kind of thing, it's like being an actor. You, mm-hmm. Every project you finish, you're never going to work again. That's right. That's my experience in it. It's like, oh, my God, we're fantastic in the moment. And you're at the rise of the, the project. The project's going. It's never been better. It's over. Oh, my God, it's done. Well, and, but then it, it's faith and it's uh, sticking to it mm-hmm. and believing in yourself and getting through those down days. Absolutely. And, and learning. What did you do to get that, through those down days? Uh, I remember having uh, two friends when I started that worked for uh, real estate companies. And they both said, Norma, you're in the same position as we are. You need to take your commission and you need to amortize it over the years. So you're going to get big chunks of money and hmm. you and even though you love to shop and you <laughs> love to have fun, you need to take that money and be able to save it as though you were getting an income from a company. So they gave me the as you just said with an actor. Interesting. I learned at the time that if I got a great commission check, it had to go a wow. long way. And then you'd pay yourself out over a year. So Correct. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that was really smart. I never thought to do that. <laughs> well, again, it's the I whole... I just trusted it listening. would come, but geez. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to some good friends. Yeah, that's exactly right. What would you say in all the things that you do is, is funny about what you do? Hmm. <laughs> you know, the only thing that... And I look at all my... Uh, the businesses right now. One we haven't touched on yet, but we can uh, talk about it in a little bit 
it's just really being able to laugh at myself. Uh, <laughs> I am a perfectionist, and I always think I have everything in order. I work with vendors all the time, as I am. And I think just being able to understand that accidents happen. I was uh, uh, I had a meeting in um, at a hotel in San Diego where the pool was above the general session room and we had Whoa. Peter Uberoth on stage and he was talking about the Olympics and I can remember looking up and seeing uh, water coming down on Mr. Uberoth and oh I thought God. this can't be happening and all of a sudden the piping pipes from the pool came through and I had to move uh, 3,000 people out Oh. Um, with no injuries um, immediately. Why that was funny is, as I look back on it, I knew I had to figure out something as I got everyone out with my team that was going to turn this around. Again, going back to that life gives you lemons, you know, turn it into lemonade. I looked outside and I saw the largest tent of my life going up um, on the hotel grounds because a... A huge ball was going to be happening that weekend. Oh. So at that point, I met with the GM and the staff, and I had everybody, all hands on deck, housekeeping, etc. And we turned that uh, outside area into a general session for 3,000 people oh, within a two-and-a-half-hour lunchtime. So we sat back, we laughed at one another. We thought, although it seemed like it was crisis management. Calamity. Calamity. It could have been a serious you calamity. You have to laugh at yourself. You can't take anything that seriously, and you have to just always think of what the outcome's going to be. And I can't imagine <laughs> Peter Uberoth having a great sense of humor as he's getting no, gushed uh, upon. He, he was, or he possibly. Was, he was great, though, and I'm sure he'll always remember this, oh, wherever yeah. he may be. <laughs> wow, that's a great story. And that, yeah, and not panicking too mm -hmm. and having some kind of quick on the spot ability to to move geez that's a good one and that's helped um, me with everything else uh, Deb because yeah. I think as you and I have talked um, many times is you know we learn we learn through adversity we, not a lot uh, throws either of us and it's because of the challenges we've had mm -hmm. along the way that help us to handle what um, confronts us today and it's very much the reason I'm here doing this radio show and uh, championing all these women that I know and young young and old and want to help our friends and young women learn that lesson in life hold yourself large and when we come back we will continue we're going to take a break here and we will continue on that theme we'll be back in a few minutes you're listening to life on purpose with your host Deb Coletti we'll be right back after these messages back to Life on Purpose. Once again, here's your host, Deb Coletti. <laughs> Hi everyone, I am Deb Coletti and we are here on purpose. Life on Purpose is the name of the show. And Norma, your transition from California to Boston, how was it that you got to New York? That was another change it up moment for you. Huh? Absolutely. California and then on to Boston and then um, kind of like what's next. Uh, I and why? Uh, love Boston, and I go back quite frequently. Boston, uh, to me, uh, is uh, almost a town. I, I, one day I woke up and I thought, I know everything uh, about it. I know where I'm going. I know 
the restaurants and all the places, I, I felt I was um, almost too comfortable. And I think sometimes in life, we all become too comfortable. Do you hear that, people? That is such an interesting point. Keep going. So I thought it was time to shake it up. Now, again, it's not that I shake things up every year. We're looking at, <laughs> you know, California, where my you know daughter experienced most up to eighth grade, then moving on to Boston High School, um, and then she was ready to go on to Providence College. So at that point, I thought, all right, been here. It's been wonderful. Uh, time to make a move. So I wanted to uh, go to New York. So made the move um, here, and it's I've been here now six years, and it's probably been the best move of my life. I I, I enjoyed California uh, somewhat. I totally um, uh, loved uh, my time in Boston. I grew up in New York. I've kind of gone full circle right now in that I'm back where I really feel uh, I belong. So it was, it was, I thought it was going to be actually very, uh, um, a bit frightening. If anything, I found that New Yorkers, a New Yorker, if, if a New Yorker says, I'm going to call you in the morning, they do. If they say, let's <laughs> get together, it's not like, let's just get together, kiss, kiss, um, as I experienced in California. They mean it. So I really found, um, as with you, uh, wonderful friendships here, and uh, it was uh, probably, as I said, the, the easiest transition I've ever and made. I have to say how shocked I am. I, did, I thought it was well over, I, I didn't know it was only six years. You, you, to me, are a quintessential New Yorker. I actually thought you were raised here and the whole background here, so there you go. It is your home. It's in your soul. Um, obviously, so is Boston, but um, not... You you do a good job. Thank <laughs> you, play, you. Play a New Yorker on TV very well. Thank you. And I think that's sort of a, almost a transition. And what I, I wanted to share with you is you is uh, uh, you know it's it's finally um, started. Is that I and now have a, uh, an online uh, website that's called Norman Knows New York City. Yeah. By the way, Norman just doesn't move to New York. She takes on New York and has made it a yet another startup company. Go ahead, tell and, us. And it's a it's a boutique. Um, um, website. Uh, it's member-based, and it's for people that want to be able to know what to do in a month. We give everybody experiences in shopping and in dining, and it's all done in Norma's voice. It's all a personal experience as to what they would do in a month. And the piece that I really love goes back to the whole neighborhood of how I grew up and the whole feeling of, 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 of my past. Every edition is a neighborhood. And we started um, with Greenwich Village, which is where my parents um, are from. My, my grandparents uh, came over in 1908, settled in Greenwich Village, had a very small restaurant uh, on West Houston, and my mom was born on McDougal Street. So we decided we would start at the beginning, and Norman is New York City, the first uh, itinerary for a that weekend. is the name, by the way. Norman knows New York City. It's a great website. Thank blog. you. Yep. Um, is uh, uh, the weekend in Greenwich Village. So every month we give them an opportunity to experience a weekend. What to do in a weekend in New York in each neighborhood. And so far, um, it's been five months. We've covered uh, five different neighborhoods. But I always go back to the start of Greenwich Village. And um, and I'd like to, to share with viewers something that they might not have uh, known unless they watch the Today Show on the on the uh, stairs of separation. 
when a lot of our ancestors came here, um, came to Ellis Island, they uh, were were put in in uh, in a room, and they had no idea where they were going to be uh, brought or where <laughs> they were going to live. Right. And there were three sets of, I'm sorry, four sets of stairs, I believe. I have to go back and look at my history. Um, and one was uh, to Hoboken area. Uh, one was Brooklyn. Another was a boat over to the East Village and the other to the West Village. And depending on the line that you were in or told to go in wow. was where you settled. Wow. So my family, um, where they ended up in the West Village line. And uh, started there um, at Greenwich West Village, which was really Greenwich Village, called right, Greenwich Village right. then, um, of the McDougal and uh, West House. And I think mine must have been the East Village because they ended up on Orchard Street in 1906. Oh, so there you wow. go. I know. And all of us all over America listening probably had somebody come through Ellis Island and then migrated from one of those four places. Mine went up the uh, Connecticut River. Um, north and others went west and east and many parts of and down south to Myrtle Beach <laughs> who knows and back to the roots kind of thing and again doing it something out of passion and out mm -hmm. of love and out of what you need and are interested in and uh, I uh, always look back at my life and others and uh, wonder what if you can isolate was your proudest moment in your life in business or lifestyle and and how you live your life Okay, and personally, I would say that um, the birth of my daughter and adopting um, my stepson huh. was probably um, one of my most, uh, or my two uh, most personal experiences. When I look at business, yeah. I would say that when I realized to say and to do what is right, we all know we can say it but actually executing what is right, no matter what the consequences, is what's really important. I had the opportunity to hire um, a man that I admire, uh, Norman Schwarzkopf. Hmm. And I hired Mr. Schwarzkopf three times. And I learned when he, w when he signed uh, the, the photo for me and he he put on it to Storm and Norma or all the best from Storm and Norma. <laughs> I was going to say we're talking about the general Norman uh -huh. Schwarzkopf. Uh -huh. Oh my goodness! And how did that happen? And he is wonderful. When I was uh, director of meetings at Prudential Real Estate, um, they uh, was right after the Gulf War, and they wanted to have him, and uh, it was quite a challenge in getting him. Wow! When I met him. Um, downstairs and brought him up through the kitchen and uh, uh, through the uh, ele private elevator. He said, you know, Norma, I see more kitchens than anyone. I said, I'm <laughs> sure. And I had um, every magazine. I read about everything imaginable on the Gulf War. And oh my gosh, I hope he's not going to ask me anything specific. And he looks at me and, I, and I, we walk in the room and I have all types of food and everything there for him. And he said, Norma, can you sit down? And I said, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> And he said, first of all, I want you to take all those magazines and I want you to put them away so I can't see them. I said, yes, sir. And he said, and the sir has to stop. I need you to call me Norman. I was like, okay. Norman. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> and he said, um, and do you think you could order some 7-Up uh, uh, and uh, maybe Sprite and some cheese doodles? I said, absolutely. <laughs> so I ordered them up for him and we started talking 
And he said, I want to talk about anything else, maybe football. I said, well, football, I know. My father raised me uh, as, uh, as a, a, a daughter and a son and learning all the sports. So <laughs> Giants we, fans. So we talked and we, exactly. And we, and we, uh, he was just amazing uh, to the point that when he was um, ill, and he's now doing fine, um, I sent him uh, cheese doodles and um, uh, get well Sprite. cheese doodles. Get well, exactly. So he taught me so much, and his speech um, to the group, and also in talking to me, he said one of the hardest things you're ever going to have to learn in life, Norma, is to always do what's right. He said, as I had to learn as a general, hmm. and he said people get it, but then they don't follow through. He said everybody is more concerned about being popular than achieving respect. And I have to say, he's one of those uh, people that has in influenced my life so much. Wow. And even though we all like to be popular, I, I want to be respected more. So I would say that, that he's uh, helped me to uh, also take a back seat. When I went on my own as a meeting planner, I knew that I wasn't going to get all the accolades that I would um, when I was in a corporation, because now I'm supporting the client. And um, maybe not getting those roses and going on stage, but knowing that I did a great job and having someone respect me was more important important than the popularity of everything. So um, do the right thing. I would say learning right to thing. do the right thing. Yeah. And today, as you know, being um, um, a friend of mine, that um, when someone asks me a question, um, sometimes even when they don't ask me the question, I'm always <laughs> yes. there giving what I believe um, is an answer or something that um, somebody needs to hear. It's and I authentic. try to yeah. keep the respect um, as, the, uh, uh, as, as the forefront of what I'm all about. And it may not always be popular, but it's it's your truth and the, and doing the right thing. Correct. That is very cool. What a great story! Hmm. And and did you hire him? <laughs> you did hire. Him. Was that an interview or is that uh, a... three times? Yeah, I was fortunate um, uh, to have hired him three times in my career. And hired him as a as, as a, a speaker. speaker I was a any... keynote speaker. Wow. Uh, twice for Prudential and once for Cobalt Banker. Fantastic. Well, that hmm. that's a great story, and what a great life lesson to have imparted and uh, from a general hello storm and norma <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's your new nickname i think that's when i started liking the name norma before i even started there the you go <laughs> so so thank you mom thank you dad <laughs> well norma thank you so much this has been really really enriching for me and i know you and have worked with you but uh, i've learned so much here today thank you deb and now it's your turn, listeners. We'd like to bring you into the conversation uh, that I just had with Norma. Please call in your questions and comments, and you can either call them in to our phone line here, which is 646-652-2071, or you can chat them in to the website, which is www.hearwomentalk.com, uh, where you can chat in your questions, comments, and anything you want to know about what we just discussed. We'll be back after the break. 